0: All right, everybody. We're in, we're in, we're in, we're in. It's coffee and call sheets. I want to say pictures up, but it ain't up yet. Right. <laughs> we got a little bit more work to do before pictures up. But um, welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, this is BC. This is Spoon. And today we have Andrea Jackson as our guest. Andrea is a hair department. Department head. She's a hairstylist. Would you call her a hairstylist? Uh,
1: yeah, she styles. She styles? Yeah, like, that's what she, she makes, technically does. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, she's the head of the hair department. And so, you know, she, she does the hiring. She talks to the directors, uh, the actors about the look. Yeah. And so she styles that.
0: Yeah, she yeah. is the sort of lead hairstylist when she is the head of the department. That is correct. Copy that. Um, Andrea's great. I love working with Andrea. She's yeah. super cool.
1: Super cool. Jojo's is little Andrea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> JoJo, uh, we've been introduced to JoJo. This yep. is Andrea's daughter, JoJo. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so, you know, we all get to know each other on set. We get to know each other's families sometimes. You yeah. know my daughter. I've yeah, met you're your kids. Exact, yeah, in,
1: in fact, I hired her.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. She has gotten some, some work. She's short, one yellow voucher for, from, from being union. Yeah. Holler at her brother. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe if she comes back to LA, right, she might right, right. want exactly. to do a day just to kind of maybe get in, but she's got some bigger fish to fry right now. And right. I'm, I'm glad for her. Um, today, you know, talking to Andrea. Well, let me, let me say this. We recorded with Andrea before the strike. Right ended right and you know i just wanted to quickly talk about it about how really rough it it was to survive and get by over this last but five six months yeah exactly and and like for instance another andrea andrea um, block.
1: block right you know and ktla
0: yeah the, andrea said she didn't work since last october right 2022. 2022. And that had a lot to do with the strike because produ- the studios
1: and production companies were looking at the fact that, hey, we have this this labor dispute coming up and I didn't know if they wanted to, you know, start putting things into motion, knowing that all of a sudden they had to stop. And then what winds up happening is
0: people don't get the opportunities. They wind up sitting on the sidelines and someone like Andrea Block wound up sitting even longer than I think Anticipated, a lot of, yeah, yeah a lot of people would have imagined. Right. So everybody has had a different experience with this historic strike yeah. work stoppage. As you know, some people have second jobs. Yeah. Some people have businesses yeah. on the side. Um, and and they can kind of sort of shift gears. And then there's some people who don't have that set up in their lives they really do depend sometimes week to week paycheck to paycheck in order to get by yeah
1: yeah people think just because you work in the movie business oh you should be should be you should be a millionaire Uh, It's not everybody's making millions no 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 not by any means I'm not saying that people don't make a good living but you know it's like anything prices have gone up and so with your income going basically to zero you've got to figure out something Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: I I do know some folks in very similar situation. Uh, The person I'm thinking about is also a third area. AD, AD, right. And he's married. He's got a, I think, a five-year-old son. Wow. And um, he managed, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but he has a remote job, works from home. um, But he also drives Uber at night. You know, so I don't think the remote job from home was anything that was making them a ton of money. Right. Um, it was probably some sort of like part-time thing, you know, maybe like 20 hours a week. Right. But also putting in the nights, which ultimately is what I had to do. I, I hit bottom financially. It's like I tried to write it out. Right. I tried to use the free time um, for some creative endeavors, but those creative endeavors weren't making me any money. Mm-hmm. And... And before long, the strike just went longer than I imagined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, no. I don't think anyone really imagined this was going to go this long. I exhausted all of my unemployment.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Unemployment, um, you know, some people are on disability. You know, all of that is just, um, it was rough. Yeah. It, and it's been rough. And, you know, it, like we were talking about how some people aren't going to go back to work right away. So, yeah. You know, theoretically, the strike is still going on. Yeah,
0: yeah, people are still dealing with the effects of the strike.
1: Right. Exactly. Actively, <laughs> yeah.
0: like we're—I don't want to say we're still in the work stoppage, but people just still aren't
1: working. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so when you when that happens, you know, it's like a uh, it's like a wave. You know, you drop a pebble, and that first wave is going to be kind of hard, but as it eventually goes along, it's still. Residual. Yeah. And until you get a job, your, your bills haven't stopped. No. You know, you don't, you don't, you're not less hungry. You know, <laughs> you know, your, your kids, kids, your kids aren't still calling <laughs> exactly. you up saying, Hey, dad. Right. Hey, mom. Right. Exactly. So you've got to f- kind of figure that out. And, um, you know, it's still kind of rough. But I mean, once again, we're glad that the, the strike is over and uh, we can slowly start getting back to uh, what we do.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, for full well, I was losing it. Right. Like I did not. I did not know what was going to happen. You know, I referred to it as the fiscal cliff. I was off the fiscal cliff. I was in free fall. Right. I mean, I was able to figure things out. It was a little hard um, right. to kind of, I think, let go of my ego enough to start driving Uber. Yeah. Well, but you know, well. um, but it, it, you know it, it, it it took a lot. You know, like I'm college educated. I have over 20 years' experience in this industry, and and after eight years working in in the scripted world, you know, it wasn't easy for me to just sort of shift gears and go back to the reality TV camera operating. It's like right. All of those connections and 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 contacts that I had then were dried up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I am. Um, I had a hard time. I was able to sort of steady the ship. I, I was able to get some economic relief. <laughs> I, I, I kid that I didn't get approved for any economic relief until like literally an hour after the strike was announced that it was over. Right. It was like, oh, whoopee, <laughs> the strike is over. And now all of a sudden you're you're hey. you're letting me know. But I am not complaining. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <I'm> very thankful. <laughs> I am very thankful. Thank you, Entertainment Community Fund, for the much needed economic relief that you provided me. Um It's there for all of us who uh, work in the industry and that do qualify. They do have certain guidelines. Um, Going back to Andrea Block, you know, with the Go for PAs Alliance. Right. Just my understanding is that they've been able to help out about 130 PAs. Nice. With $1,000 grants. The thing is, is that over 1,000 PAs applied. So there's still around 800 to 900 PAs that are that, still looking that are still looking that really probably could have used that help because I know it's like it, it doesn't sound like a lot a thousand dollars when you know your expenses a month are probably somewhere between two and four grand a month. Right.
1: No, I can I I I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's it's every little bit helps and and it's a situation where people. You fall on hard times by no account of your own. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like you said, hey, I'm not going to work. It just stopped. Yeah. You know, and, and it just dried up. And, you know, L.A. being a company town and the company being the movie business, Yeah. Is it dried up. No one was working. Yeah. I mean, you had a few things working, but basically nothing was going on. Nothing to the extent of where when when you see the machine going and it's producing and it's putting out films, television at the rate that we're used to working, you know? I mean,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, I was just thinking as you were saying that, I was thinking about what Bobby Thomas was talking about. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. uh, he was talking about how, like, when they came back from COVID, how he had to bring on all of these um, permits because they couldn't find people. Exactly. So they're bringing in, like, young, green grips onto their crews because they had to take anybody that they could get because there was just so much work. It's like when, when production is happening...
1: Yeah, it's a big... It sometimes is hard to even find people. Right, exactly. It's a big machine, and it gets going.
0: And just to reiterate, um, support the Go for PA's alliance. Yes. KTLA, Andrea Block, two living saints in our midst.
1: Yes, most definitely.
0: The next generation of whatever department you work in is a PA, and they need your help. Yes. So if and when you see that you got some some scratch that you can help support the PA's alliance please do so because uh you're going to keep some young craftsperson going
1: yeah most definitely and I mean you know it's hard it's LA's not an easy place to be no so I I mean I find it so crazy that I haven't been working so I've been you know kind of grocery shopping and I go and I'm like I've just spent $100, and I'm like, I got a bag. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, did I just get robbed? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do have uh, just certain foods that I do eat, and but I'm pretty much a person who I don't eat food for enjoyment. I eat it for sustenance. Yeah. So, you know, my, my, my food consumption is going to be kind of basic. Right. You know, so I'm buying basic things, and it's still – that expensive
0: that's the thing is like i feel like we're the proverbial you know frog in the pot (laughs) where slowly prices have just ticked up to we're finally like shit like you said i got one or two bags and i'm spending 50 to 100 bucks like i've had a couple of friends who came from out of town and they're like food is so expensive here and like
1: i didn't even realize it no and especially in when you work on set hell you're you yeah. fed all day so your 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 budget is isn't really that big your your grocery budget is because it's like you know oh lunch oh then you're not throwing that away I'll take I'll take some of that yeah. so I mean your grocery bill is a lot smaller
0: you're really only buying for the weekend
1: exactly because <laughs> you're eating during the week right. you know you're, you're you're getting fed breakfast lunch And if you take something extra for lunch, dinner. If anything, you have to make a concerted effort not to eat (laughs) at work. (laughs)
0: Please, let's get back to work. (laughs) Slowly but surely, we will, um,
1: as, as Spoon, you said before, patience, persistence. And that's the other thing I like about Andrea is, like, she's a hustler. So she goes out there. She's, you know, she does, she sells cars, and she sells real estate. So... She was able to navigate her way through this work stoppage. And uh I know, I'm learning from her.
0: Yeah. But it, she, yeah. Like she says she that's something that she picked up from, from her father.
1: Yes. So that's how she was able to, you know, get through the strike. Yeah.
0: So we're going to talk to Andrea today. Yeah. And hear more about how she came up in the business. Yep. And how she has brought others up in the business. Yep. And... um here we go. Andrea Jackson. Andrea,
2: how
1: hey you
0: Andrea. doing?
2: I'm doing great. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, It's so, been
1: a while. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Wow, I haven't seen you since... Well, no, I seen you last weekend at... Yeah. Uh, At um, the Taste of Soul, which by the time this comes out will have been months ago.
2: (laughs) Well, um, our 706 union was at the Taste of Soul because um, we are trying to recruit um, diversity um, in our union, you know, just so that. It can just be fair, you know. Right. We need more diversity in every union we do. And so we were out there, um, you know, giving free haircuts, doing yeah, hair. Yeah, i seen that. We gave free products. Damn, I missed that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we just, you know, was in the community just trying to give back. Right, right. You right. know, and what a good time to do it because there's so many things going on in the world. We need to um, just embrace people because there's so many angry people in the world. So to give back at a time like this was really good, you know. So
1: you are 706, that's hair, right?
2: I'm on 706 hair. Okay. I'm on the executive board. I'm oh, wow. On, what do yeah. you do on the executive board? We vote on certain things. We make sure that everybody is, you know, fairly treated. Right now we were trying to, um, people that haven't worked, trying to make sure that they get food or they have access to getting bills paid. Whatever way we can, as a union, we're trying to help that.
1: How long have you been on the board?
2: I've been on the board now for um, two years. Been in the union for 26 years. So, you born, raised in L.A.? I was born in Dallas, Texas. Raised South Central okay my father's in the Air Force and my mom and dad met in Texas and you know then they divorced early we moved to California I think I was like four years old I've been here ever since first place we lived was Watts then we moved to Compton and you know I have just been in LA all my life right yeah. what high school I went to Fremont High School.
1: Okay. Yeah, I know, I know where I said, right off Manchester and what's the... No, it's San Pedro. San Pedro, Manchester, right there, right? No, well, it's... Yeah, because, I mean, I used to, my my grandmother lived on, on...
2: It's closer to Florence, though, I think. I'm sorry,
1: you are correct. Florence, not yeah, Manchester. Yeah, yes, Florence. yeah. Right, right, right.
2: Um, you know, being at Fremont High School, I went to beauty college. I always wanted to do hair. I always wanted to do houses. So everything I said I was going to do when I was 15, I'm doing it.
1: So what made you want to do hair?
2: I always wanted to do hair, and my grandmother, uh, rest in peace, she was always my model. She would let me jack her up, <laughs> and then she would put her wig on after I messed her up. You know, she she kept saying, this girl going to do hair, you know. <laughs> But, you know, she let me permit, She let me do whatever I wanted to do. And my grandmother believed in me, but she told me, she said, this girl gonna be doing hair. And I always said I was gonna do hair in Hollywood. Nobody believed me, though. Really? I said, one day I'm gonna do hair, and they was like, this little girl. But I always been like that, in hair and fashion. And my dreams have came true. And I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm trying to help people now that I'm an executive board member and I moved up in our union, I want to help people that was like me. And Shonda Lee has a program for people of diversity and it's for everybody, not just hair people. I'm talking about camera people, catering, everybody. And just to help Get them in. And so that program is called the Ladder Program. And I spoke to a lot of people and I said, hey, if you want to do this, if this is something you want to do, we got to keep people off the streets of right. um, color and, you know, keep them out of the jails and stuff because they, they be trying to find themselves, you know. Just like when we worked on Snowfall, Snowfall was so close to what I've seen. As far as growing up in the hood and trying to get quick money to help moms, you know, that really happens, you know. You, you don't want to see your mother struggling. You don't want to see your mother losing her house. So you want a quick money and you try to do it and, and then you get yourself in trouble and then it becomes a big thing. Drugs, everything. That's how it happens, for real. Yeah, really. I
0: mean, a lot, of, a lot of people wind up, and I've seen it, I'm from the East Coast, and you yeah,
2: know, yeah, um,
0: it, it unfortunately plays itself out in a lot of, Um, parts of the country but people just they go for the opportunities that are really there for them and sometimes those opportunities are not opportunities you know they're pitfalls. I'm curious having lived in LA pretty much raised in LA Hollywood's right at your doorstep what was it like you know people saying "Ah, you, you ain't gonna work in Hollywood you know what was it like looking at Trying to break in or, or seeing other other people trying to break in from, you know, your world around you.
2: Well, I always say this. I live by the three C's of life. That's choice, change, and consequences. Those are the three C's that I live by. Now, when you make choices, I made a choice to go to beauty college in high school. I made a choice to give me a salon. My salon was on Crenshaw and Slauson just happens to be the same place where Nipsey Hussle was murdered at. So his, where he has his clothing store, that was my salon. I chose that location because it was people coming from everywhere. It was a good location for walk-ins, for people. My first client was DJ Quick. I used to do his <laughs> press and curl back in the days. And um, it just led to... Other things because we had all kind of people come through my salon, Mm -hmm. which was a plus for me because I did not know that I was going to meet the people that I met in the salon. How
0: would you get that salon? I mean, that sounds like it was a Um, a hot spot.
2: It was. I worked day in and day out. When people was going to clubs and coming back, I would still be there. I, I was on a mission, you know. When you're on a mission, you can do whatever you say you want to do. I started off braiding hair. I braided hair at 12 years old. I braided hair. Wow. I made seventy dollars a day. I had a friend named Lulu. We set up in her father's garage and we just braided hair all day. So every dime I made, I would just kind of keep my money.
1: So braiding hair, like what kind of
2: like? Bra- um, I did uh, um, you know, cornrows. With okay. the beads on the end, remember right. that for the little girls. Yeah, I used to do that. I did individual single braids. I did everything I can to make money.
0: Colored rubber bands. Yeah, I did that once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, choices. You you made those those conscious choices right. in your career, in my even as even even as a, as a, a young, young woman.
2: Yeah. So, if you make the right choice to change your life, right. The consequences is either good or bad. So, um, while everybody was partying and, and you know maybe smoking reefer, whatever now, but I didn't do that. I I don't drink. I never really you know I didn't do none of that.
0: That wasn't your thing.
2: That was my thing. That was my choice. Now everybody around me said, "This girl from the hood." They always offer me. You'd be surprised how much things you'd be offered when you not drink, doing that. Like, they, hey, I, I got this it's give you weed. So that was my choice, right? To not do. You know, I w- I want to make money and look cute. You know, and um,
0: so the change element in your sort of personal philosophy is that more so like when you see that things are not the way you want them to be or you see that you are not what you expect from yourself to sort of make those changes
2: well i come from a family of seven so my what? mother I, my mother was a single parent
1: and seven children
2: seven children all right
1: what are you fit in there
2: i'm the oldest ah okay so my thing is is that i saw my mom struggling when you have live in the hood, you see your mom. I said, oh, I don't want to be like mama. But I want to help my mama. So I helped raise all my brothers and sisters. I caught the bus and went and bought my car. And all that braiding and all that doing here that's what got that car. I didn't have a good car. I had a Hyundai when it first came out. The ones that roll the window and everything fall off and nothing electric, <laughs> yeah. that's the car I had. And it was green. It was cheaper because that color. But I had a car. So I made that work for me. And that is what led me to still just, you know, um, be who I am today. Because, just like I said, you have to make the right choices. So then after doing hair for so many years, I said, hey, I want to do real estate. But that's something that I always like doing. I like looking at houses, going inside, and I was very curious about different things. So I do that too. And I wanted to be good at that, so you know whatever you want to be, you can be it. if you put your mind to it and and you know and that's that's your choices. You can either choose this or that. it's no in between
1: so how old were you when you got your salon?
2: Uh, I was eighteen.
1: Wow, how long did you have it?
2: I had it for years I have for many years um I had it up until I wanted to, uh, you know, people was coming in, you know, different rappers and different people coming yeah. in. Um, they were coming through, and uh, uh, Quick would ask me to come to the studio, and he had a, a assistant, or I don't know if it was assistant. Whatever. It was a good friend of mine. He's the one who connected it because he knew me. He was like, you need to come and do DJ quick. And he, and he put that on, and then from there, I went to the studio. I met everybody, you know. Everybody was coming through there. And that's when I learned that I need to be doing hair on TV, you know. How do I get into that? But I was learning. Right. So as I was going and talking to people around me, you know, that's how I learned about our union. And so... um, I started off doing uh, doing music videos. I think everybody. I everybody, started off, writing. you know. Then yeah. I did TV, And so, sitcoms two days a week. I wasn't making nothing, but you know.
1: But you were getting in. So who were some of the some of your music videos?
2: I worked on uh, some Snoop's videos. I was in uh, the studio with Battle Cat, all them people that worked with Snoop, and mm-hmm. you know different rappers. You know, I just happened to be there. You know.
1: So how did you find out about, or how did you, how were you able to transfer going from the music videos into getting into studio work?
2: Um, I started asking around, you know, after being around so many people, people have production companies, they go, oh, I have a friend, that's how I work. Oh, I have a friend, it's, you know, a production company, or whatever, if it's what you wanna do, I can, you know, and I, that's, it, it was just a blessing. Because I was like, oh, God, this is something that I've been wanting to do.
1: So So, who did you, I mean, um, what was your first show? Who um, who was instrumental in getting you into the union?
2: uh, It was a guy that used to work for, uh, the guy with all the crazy hair. He was a boxer. He was uh, overall a boxing, I forgot his name. Oh, Don King. Don King. This guy um, had a whole business, and then he worked with Don King. He said, look, I have friends, you know, and uh, he used to come in my salon. I used to always complain. I have so many customers. I've been working all night. He said, what you want to do? I said, I want to work on movies and TV and all that. But I was already doing quick at that time. Right. He said, Are you serious about that? I said, yes, and he said, okay. And I have a, some friends and, and I will connect you if you have to do your footwork i said all right but you know just being somewhere at the right time and talking to the right people you just never know who you're talking to and you never know who you're being nice to that that will um help you that don't want anything back you know
1: right just just looking out for you so what was your first union show
2: well uh it was brandy show Moesha. Moesha. and Moesha. Then I went to the Parkers, and um, then from then I was... So you weren't department head, then you
1: just worked? No. Who, who was
2: I, Well, I wasn't department head. I worked with an old school uh, hairstylist that was the first black woman that to get in our union. She did Sydney Porte. Her name is Miss Eddie Barron. Oh, I don't
1: think I've ever met Miss <laughs> and,
2: Eddie. And Miss Eddie took me under her wing. And then I met Pinky Cunningham. I know Pinky. <laughs> Pinky took me under her wing, and then Debbie Pierce.
1: Know Debbie.
2: She took me under her wing, and Miss um, Loretta Nero. <laughs> um, I know Miss Loretta. <laughs> so I call these women my golden work, my golden girls. They are my golden girls. So I was still. I mean, even though they, um, they all. I know Pinky and. And um, Miss Eddie Barron and uh, Debbie Pierce have retired But when they need to work, I will bring them in Because they know every trick in the world And they've taught me I, I remember Miss Loretta um, I said, Miss Loretta, all these wigs I had a lot of wigs in a bag And I said, just throw them away they, they, they dirty and this and that So I came back and I said, Miss Loretta, where's the wigs at? She said, "Look around. I I steamed them and I washed them. I put a list, little listerine and lemon juice." I said, "What?" <laughs> and uh, she refreshed them, and uh, she she's taught me a lot. So my thing is that any time I have a chance to bring these women of excellence in, I will because that's who I learn from. That's
0: one of the things I I was thinking about how I've just seen whenever I've worked with you. So many people come through that you you bring in as part of your team. Yeah. Um, not to say that there's like a large large turnover or anything like that. It's just that, you, especially with snowfall, there are days where we have large numbers of cast and you need to bring in an additionals. Yeah. And I always was a little bit amazed. Is like that you. I was like Andrea knows a lot of people. Andrea's yeah. got a long stable of hairstylists to yeah, go to yeah. how do you work on that sort of networking how do you keep people in the mix
2: well for one I believe in helping people number one and I'm this. I'm very loyal I want to see them grow I don't care if they grow past me I don't, but I want them to grow I bought a young man in named Dane Diego D.C. excellent ah, yeah Excellent. I saw it in them. When you see something in somebody and you want them to grow, it's a lot of people that don't want to see people grow. They bring them in and they treat them a certain way. I'm not like that. I want people to grow, and I want to see them because, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. It's time to let go. It's time to let go and let somebody else hold the, you know, hold the pole. So. um, I bring people in and we have fun. I'm not a sergeant. I think we a team, you know. And so when you come in and you having fun and you working, people forget about like, I'm at work. They say, man, I want to come back and work with you (laughs) because I'm having so much fun. And that's the way you keep it. You keep the fun in there, you know. On birthdays, we, we, we celebrated everybody's birthdays and you know, we just had fun. And, um, if you run your team like that, then you anybody that come and work for you, you know they'll be happy to come. you know you just have to be like that i want I want people to be happy
0: very often, makeup and hair share a trailer together. How do you describe that dynamic between the two departments when they work together in the trailer?
2: That's a good question because everybody wants to be in charge. That's why we have to make sure that we're clear on there is a hair team and there is a makeup team. Sometimes that clashes. And I'm glad now that, you know, hair has their own trailer and makeup has theirs. You know, it's, it's, it that was because of the pandemic. Yeah, uh, was,
1: uh, right, right. Because, yeah, like when you were saying, when you were just talking about how hair and makeup used to share a trailer... It hasn't been like that for, like, the last three years.
2: Because of the pandemic. Right. And I think each team should come together when they're out the trailer. You know what I'm saying? I always say, if you see anything that, that you know, let me know. And if you have to have a person that's um, like-minded, like you, you know, that's in it as a team, not as, oh, I'm not going to tell her anything. We have a lot of that. And we want to stop that.
0: So you're saying to see more sort of collaboration between the departments or at least the heads talking to to each
2: other. Right. Because if we're doing a period show, right, and um, we are bringing a story together from somebody else's view. So we have to make that view come to life. So we have to talk. Okay, well, you know, if it's blood in the hair, if this has to be done, you know, we have to talk.
0: Yeah, because if it's blood in the hair, for those who don't know, makeup is in charge of the blood. Right. But anything that goes in the
1: hair, mm-hmm.
2: that's where you come in. Right. Or or even adding beards or adding...
1: You oh, so you guys, so hair does facials. Well, well, I was no, saying, no, no. Makeup,
2: no. makeup does... They put
1: the beards and mustaches on,
2: and then we cut it.
1: (laughs) What? I did not. We cut
2: that. We make it fit, you know. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they want to cut it, but people of color, we always have had a style about everything—hair, the beards matching the hair, whether it's long, whether it's short, whether it's you know—and sometimes makeup. They can't cut that.
0: Yeah, because there's certain looks, there's certain natural hairlines that if you're not aware of that, and that's really where your expertise as a hairstylist is mm-hmm. like you're aware of that, whether it's it's a person of color or whether it's not. That's right. not. something That's something that you're read up on, whereas makeup is not. Right. Makeup is read up on how do I apply this to someone's skin so that I can take it off
2: at the end of the day. Right, right. You know, right.
0: your job is like, okay, how does this hair – going right. to look natural.
2: Right, because, you know, that's why we have to talk. We have to meet some kind of agreement on how we're going to make this work.
1: And that's usually the department heads. You guys you guys get together you guys make sure you mm-hmm. guys are on, on the same accord and then you pass right. that down to your... Right,
2: so then when we come into production with you guys and you talk to us, now we got to tell you this is what we came up with. And, you know, you guys are talking to us, and we're giving you the notes on what we came up with or what we think you want to see. And then you guys tell us, okay, that's not what we want. We want a shorter look or more hair or anything or more facial hair. We're just taking notes from what you want to see with the story you're trying to tell, the look you're trying to get. So Mm -hmm. that's how that comes.
1: So the Parkers, Moesha, now at this point you're just, you said you're working two days a week is your selection? No, no,
2: no, no. I said back in the days sitcoms was two days a week. So we would do. Well, the Parkers and
1: and Moesha were sitcoms,
2: right? They were sitcoms, right? Uh So two days of the week the actors are there acting and whatever, trying to get it together. Mm -hmm. Then the other two days, we come in and we do it and then on One of the days it's a show day Right, right, right So yeah, we needed to only be there Only two days a week right. So did you I did, um, I did. Uh, what is it, something girls Girlfriends? Girlfriends, I worked on girlfriends too
1: So did you, when you weren't working on The sitcoms, did you still have your salon? Yes Oh wow, how long did you do that? I
2: right. did it for a couple of years as long as I can uh, keep up with everything Right And when I started doing movies And when I started doing episodic like that I couldn't hold on to the salon I was like I have to, you know, make a decision But when I started doing movies I was going out of town and leaving Going for months at a time So right. like, Did you
1: put anybody in
2: charge? Uh, I did for a long time Yeah, how'd yeah. that work out? Um, nobody's gonna run your stuff like you do Exactly. Anytime you have somebody else running something and handling your money, it's not going to work out, I don't think. Right. But uh, you just have to have the right people, and it has to be some kind of, all kind of things going on, you know, right. to make it work.
1: Right, right. No, i I, I, right. I got to agree with you because, I mean, obviously I've never had a, a hair salon, and I no longer have hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I, I get it, um, that's gotta be, be kind of tough for the people who are working in the salon too, right? Because now they don't really have a place to be. So how did, well, how did that work?
2: Well, here's the thing. Hair is something that everybody needs. It's always gonna be a salon that's gonna, you know, actually want a good hairstylist come in mm-hmm. and work. I had nothing but the best. So, um, running a salon is kind of like being a department head. But you're running a salon, you're running a business, you know, they come to you. Um, you're kind of keeping everything together and managing a salon. Opposed to being a department head, you're managing a department. Right, it's right. almost the same, Right. but it's yours. So, you know, um, you just have to have the right people. You have to hire the right, you know, hair people you know cuz sometimes you have to give them your keys yeah
1: and, to the car yeah. yeah no so um what you decided to to give the salon up which has got to be kind of tough since oh, I, yeah. yeah it's kind of like your baby and how long were you there how many years was it uh like 15 15 oh wow that's that's a rarity that you see salons in one spot for that long
2: so when you when you run something and you've been there for a while, people get to know you. Um, even the people in the area, you know, they all kind of like. Oh, I well, mean, you're yeah. part of the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that makes it work, because you know, you know people, they know you, and you know, you're working there and you're making things work.
1: Right. So you you decide to give it up. Did you? Bring along anybody who was in the salon, and
2: did you bring, help them get into the business if they wanted to? My salon was so full of people. I think mostly everybody that worked in my salon was able to get their own.
1: Ah, okay. So you provided you provided that type of atmosphere where they could go and do their own. That's that's really cool.
2: But um, growing up in the hood and just uh, doing hair in the hood, it was very good memories because one thing about black women they like to get their hair done <laughs> right they become <laughs> if a hair mess up you know they would be sleeping i had a couple of young ladies they we had one style that stacked bob back in the days in the 80s and stacked uh, bob. yeah when you just spread and you know the when they flared out like, oh kind of like the uh, they, yeah uh, with salt and pepper yeah yeah they said I got a crook in my neck. <laughs> I snip all night like this. I said I was one of them girls too. I was like this. You don't want to get your hair messed up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Your neck could be slipped to the side because you're trying to keep your hair right. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know hair is a, a, a situation. Right. You know, right. People want their hair right. Right. Yeah.
1: So there's there's different um, levels uh, in um, the hair department right so you got a department head you have a key and then you just have hair stylist um how long were you just a hairstylist?
2: i was a hairstylist for for a couple of years like a lot of years mm-hmm. you know i had to work my way up right you right. know and people have to believe in you because you know you have to learn how to run a department and people have to believe the producers have to see you as that and i think you know um just giving you the opportunity to learn because you have some producers that believe in you and say, all oh, right, hey, we can give her a chance to be a department head. Uh-huh. And so I was department head on Will Smith's show, All of Us. Oh, that, I remember
1: that. was over at Raleigh, right. All right?
2: No, it was at CBS.
1: CBS Rafford. Yeah. Who was in All of Us?
2: Was that? Dwayne Martin.
1: Little, Dwayne Martin. Oh, Elise yes. Elise Neal.
2: Lisa Ray. Right. Lisa so I was Ray, department okay. head. Oh, was that I, your first department head? Um, No, it was not. I did um, Tracy Morgan Show. Oh, okay. I was department head. They, I day-checked a lot, too. Yeah? I day-checked on a whole bunch of stuff before I just decided I wanted to. I made a lot of money day-checking because yeah. I was working all the time. And day-checking
1: so.
2: is? Day-checking is when you come in and you help the hair department, like, call people in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good way to network because, you know, if you day and you might day-check on this show, this show, you know, and they go, oh, I need you for a couple of weeks, and you're over here, you're over there, you, you meet you meet people. And so I right. think um, I made the right decision by wanting to day-check. You know, day-checking is what got me the shows because, you know, in order to see your work, you, you need to see it some kind of way. You right,
1: know? and you need more people to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the sort of equivalent for, at least from a PA's pers- perspective, we we use the term day playing, right. you know, and it's funny that you say day checking because I <laughs> never I never heard that until we interviewed Connie Callis. Right, oh, yeah, I know so, Connie. Yeah, yeah, you know Connie. So yeah, Connie uh, Connie used that term, and I was day like. day checking. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I was like, I never heard it before.
1: Right, but I mean hair makeup, I think that's something that because I don't hear anybody else saying that. It's day checking, is like a hair and makeup Mm -hmm. terminology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because everyone else used to say day playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But But we say day checking. Right, Mm -hmm. right. So you day checked, and then what? You you got department head at in the Tracy Morgan show, and then department head on on a soap opera?
2: Soap opera. So I think I was doing a couple of things, you know, some days here, some days there, you know. But,
0: yeah, and then you did then you did the the Will Smith show after that. Mm-hmm. what got you to the show that we all worked together on, which was snowfall,
2: oh, John Singleton,
0: just your relationship with john how did how did you develop a relationship with John?
2: um, I worked with John before, and um uh, so? baby boy oh, he wow, was okay. doing i I didn't do the whole show, but John. Always would talk to me. He was like, so when I was doing straight out, I the d- department head is straight out of Compton, and uh, John discovered the Tupac character, and he came over to straight out of Compton, and he said, "You gonna do my show?" I said, "What show, John?" He said, "I'm coming <laughs> up with this with this show." I said, "What's the name of it?" He said, "Snowfall." I said, "What's that about?" He said, "Oh, it's gonna be a hit." It's going gonna, it's gonna to take down a lot of these. It, 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 you, you're going to see. I said, okay, John, okay. And I said, <laughs> when, you, when you pitch it, I'll do it with you. So at that time, he was pitching that show and another show that he had came up with, and um, both of them got picked Rebel. up. Rebel. Rebel. Yeah. And he goes, I said, what well, do you want me to He said, no, 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 I want you to be over here cuz he said I like I I want you to do this one. I said, "Okay." Cuz they kind of like came at the, uh, basically the same time, but I helped him pitch it. We shot downtown. He bought a couple of wigs and, you know, told me to go shop for him. We met in Culver City at his at an office somewhere, and uh, it was me and my friend Dion Wynn, makeup artist. He said, "Okay, I just need you to do the makeup." And you did it. And we, we shot little segments And he pitched it And it got picked up Alright Yeah So um, And then he was Trying to make a deal For Snowfall I said now You better call me For this show Because You had me And he said I'm going to call you And I was there The whole six seasons You know Even though When he wasn't there I was Still there I didn't think They was going to call me back
0: right. Well you set the tone I mean You, you kept kept the look kept the look right it being a period piece i know a lot of people kind of overlook period pieces when they're only like 20 or 30 years old mm-hmm. they, they think that it's no big deal but there's a lot of there's a lot of work in recreating the 1980s look mm-hmm. yeah definitely
2: yeah we but, had fun though yeah, yeah.
0: we did, we <laughs> did.
1: you we know did a run. lot of people um well uh probably the the favorite character on that show was uh, Jerome.
2: Jerome is my favorite. <laughs> and he brought everything to life. Right. He did. Right.
1: Because a- Eamon's yeah, straight up New York City yeah. guy and he became he was, straight up L.A. dude oh, in yeah. the
2: 70s. Um, I liked creating his Jerry Curl. When I did Straight out Outta Compton, like, I didn't just go buy a Jerry Curl wig. We had that wig made.
1: Which one? For Easy? Ice Cube. Yeah, we mm. had
2: those wigs made. So from then, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm that Jerry Curl queen. <laughs> I, can I can do, you know. So, yeah, it was fun. And and, and also John seen that, too. So,
0: so w- I, who made that decision? I know this has probably been talked about in a lot of other places. Which one? Who made that decision on the Jerry Curl for um, for uh, Eamon's character? I did. But you did. So you, you <laughs> said Jerome should have a. Uh, Jerry Curl.
2: Well, I told John that because John was specific about it. He was like, you know what? Maybe we should just have curls, but you know, not not like a natural curl. I said, John, let's just do a Jerry Curl. (laughs) The Jerry Curl is going to make him be the bomb. He was like, you know what? You you know what? Okay. Yeah. And uh, he. He he agreed with me, and we 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 put it to life, and so yeah, yeah I was. had fun with Wanda too, oh, crackhead Wanda. wig. <laughs> Love Wanda it. was one of
0: my favorite characters. Yeah, she,
2: yeah, she was one of mine too. So um, just creating those looks and seeing her come from this to that, and it was just amazing. So yeah, just um, I asked John when he was living. I said, hey John. Is this show about Freeway Rick? Because everybody thought the the show was about him. He said, No, Drea. He said, I put several drug dealers into one character and I came up with Franklin. And I said, Yeah, because it wasn't just Freeway Rick. It was Benzo Al, yeah. it was all kind of Bruce. It was so many different drug dealers back in the days that was that, you know, it was Whitey Enterprise. It was so many Drugs, and I I mean, I knew of them. And I was like, okay, so which one is this? You know, because, you know, the clean look. But he was a a character. You know, he was selling drugs, but he looked like a freaking nerd.
0: Yeah, it was an amalgamation, but ultimately became Mm. a a character in and of itself, Franklin Saint. There's no no other, there is no no one else besides Franklin Saint.
2: No, and that's when I was like, okay. But I asked him. I had to ask him. I'm like, okay, I grew up in this area. Who is he? <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, that's what he told me.
0: Okay. That's cool. That's, that's, uh, that's some inside yeah. information. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's what he told me.
1: I got a snowball story <laughs> that I remember. We were shooting downtown mm-hmm. and uh, Jay, who ended up um, being one of our directors last year, Jade, I'm sorry, Jade. Jade, Jade, Jade. Jade. uh-huh. <laughs> and we were downtown, and it was you, Debbie, and that homeless woman who came in and tried to stab Jade. <laughs> oh, wow. We you don't were, know that. Yeah, we, I remember that. Because we were on t- we were on top of the <laughs> white <way>, <laughs> Eastern building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was. Jade was, was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, Jade was pregnant.
2: Now, that's <laughs> what got me.
1: Oh! Now,
0: the whole extent of the story. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you should tell, tell that story. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: 'Cause>. Well, <laughs> Andrea, who was... Andrea Block. Block.
1: Yeah, we've had her on the show.
2: She came in and she said, is somebody in the trailer Is somebody in So I was like Calm down what, Who's in the trailer She said this? She went And then so um, I said Wh- Who was well, in the trailer It was the crazy lady Oh okay So she's in there Just having her way In the AD's trailer Just taking stuff And And I think she Cut Jade or something I saw
1: Right yeah I think, I think you're right
2: about I that I said Did she just cut you She said yeah I said come on out here Come on, come outside. The lady came outside, and she went, nah. I said, oh, you messing with the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I, the look on her face when I didn't jump, I said, oh, you got to fight me.
1: Right.
2: They was like, no, Jen, no. I said, no, I'm going to whoop her ass. She just messed with a pregnant <laughs> woman. <laughs> <laughs> So we were fighting. Me and this woman was fighting. Oh, and you guys she, actually fought? Oh, I didn't know that. And so, yeah. like, she was take trying to cut me, and I was like, oh, no. What did she have? She had like a pen or something. I was in her no, hand, right? it was some kind of sh- something sharp. Oh, I don't know was. what it was. Wow. And um, I just wouldn't back down. Her face. I mean, she was crazy, but after she seen that I was crazy with her, (laughs) she wasn't playing with me and I wasn't playing with her. said, honey.
0: You tagged her a few
2: times? So much that even the the transpo people was like, that's enough, Dre. that's enough. I was just, boom, boom. I forgot I was on set. I was like, oh, Lord, I'm on set.
0: That's the thing. We weren't really were I mean it,
1: you guys was base camp. camp. Right. We were at in, base
2: camp. Right. In the middle you of guys downtown are, L.A. Right? We were on top
1: of the Eastern Building. Right. Yeah, because I was up there, and all of a sudden I hear, there's somebody in, in the base camp. They've got a knife. And I'm like, what? And i with the two, and they're like, yeah, you got to get down there. So I come down there, and when I get down there, you and Debbie <laughs> and Jade and Block are all kind of outside, and uh, and police are there by that time, and they've got the woman in the back of the car. Yeah. But it, it was funny because Block said Block because I talked to Block, I was like, Yo, what happened? She was like, Yo. Crazy. It was like Jade's <laughs> like Debbie was like,
2: I rebuke you, devil. And Jade
1: was like, Yeah, bring it on, devil. <laughs>
2: I said, "Come on!" And so she was just screaming and hollering. Uh, every time she did that, I'd jump around and boom, boom, and I just got. I said, "No, Dre, please, no!" And I'm looking at the security, and she just standing there. First, how
1: did she get, get through in security? Here, right? right, right.
2: Because she was gonna go in each trailer. She peeked in there at us. And oh, you've she, seen her. I, I was thinking that she was like. Um, you know, with our crew. Yeah, like
0: maybe background or something. Yeah, or so when she wrong.
2: put her head in, and she was like, oh, you know, so she went to the 80s trailer. And uh, John came down. I remember John and Smokey came down, and John did me a look. I said, am I in trouble? He said, of course not. He was like, of course not. He said, you whooped everybody. I said, no,
0: you were a hero that day. Yeah. A-
2: <laughs> so I started getting like it was like little jokes when I get in the van with the transpo, All of a sudden they playing Rocky. <laughs> 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 I go, <laughs> I go what? And they go yeah, Jan. Yeah, you know, and then he goes Debbie. Yeah, we. I said you ain't did nothing. <laughs> All she did was <laughs> yeah, just jumping around. I said get out of here. Yeah, I don't know what's Debbie.
1: But <laughs> well, you, you and Debbie have worked a lot together, right?
2: We worked a lot together.
1: Yeah, uh, you guys are almost uh, the hair and makeup team. Where mm-hmm. you guys that, that that helps when you have a team like that, right? Or um.
2: Yes. It do help, you know, because you know when you get two people that work good together and you know you collaborate and you know that helped. It did. Right.
1: Did, did now? Did you do you?
2: Did you do the first um, pilot for Snowfall? I did everything. Okay, okay. I was there from pilot one to yeah, because I did pilot two. Every pilot, I right. was there.
1: Okay. Was she on pilot one or?
2: Um, Debbie was on pilot one and two, mm-hmm. but then. When we started doing the seasons, yeah, I did every season. What else have
0: you worked with uh, Debbie on?
2: Well, we did Straight of Compton, a new edition movie. We did the George Foreman movie. We did a Whoa, lot of stuff. Oh,
1: jo- I just watched that. That the, uh, the big George Foreman?
2: Uh, yeah, I was yeah, department I, head I thought, for that. Yeah,
1: I remember that, that was you shot that last year. Yeah, we were in New Orleans. Right, and then you came. Yeah, then you came back. That
2: was um, that was actually a pretty good
1: movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I watched it about three weeks ago. Cause it, but it didn't get a it didn't get a lot of I don't press. Know why. Yeah, I, it actually it came out pretty good.
2: I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was George Tillman, who was yeah, and he really reminds me of John a lot. Like, George wears the Adidas sweatsuits like Johnny's (laughs) with the mismatched shoes like Nikes and Adidas. They do the same thing. Oh. Yeah, it's (laughs) like... You can't wear an Adidas suit without the shoes. Right, you know, right. You should wear Adidas shoes Adidas. And then finally, one day he came in. He had the shoes and the suit on. And I'm like, hey, George, you have it? He had everything on. <laughs> but John would do that, too. He didn't care. Like, he would wear the Adidas suit and sometimes, you know, different shoes.
0: <laughs> so you you, uh, you have a side hustle as the fashion police.
2: Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> but, you know, I said it started when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, you know. I always love clothes, you know. And um my daughter thinks I'm her uh she called me her fashion stylist. <laughs> yeah, so
0: speaking of JoJo, I got to meet Jojo and work with Jojo on Snowfall. I guess it was maybe season three, did you bring her in? hmm And um now she's working in the writers room at All American. Yeah. I'm curious. How did you play a role in helping to well, introduce her to the industry?
2: Because she was a PA at Snowfall. And then she went from Snowfall and she got a chance to meet Labou and all of them. And then Laboo Le- was... Uh, John Labou. John Labou. Yeah,
0: the uh, UPM at the, the time. The
2: UPM. So he was also a UPM on another show on the Warner Brothers lot. Shameless. And I was department head on All-American. So, at lunchtime, and when she had lunch at the same time, we would meet each other and she would come over and she would bring some of the shameless people at, at lunch. Hey, come meet my mom, because you know she's very friendly. And um, she kept coming over and she started meeting some of the, the, you know, the producers. And they go, who is that? I said, oh, that's JoJo. That's my daughter or whatever. She's a PA and a They'd be like, hey, so do you want to come work with us? You know, and um, she kind of made her way over there, you know. I I opened the door for her, but she walked through it. And then when she got over there, one of the writers who worked with me on the Tupac show with Anthony Hemingway, his name is Jamie Turner, and uh, he met Jojo and he said, what you want to do? She said... I want to be like you. He said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I want to be like you. He said, okay, we'll see about that. But they, it didn't happen right away. She had to get her feet wet. I remember when she was a PA and she would always be the last one there doing the time cards and stuff. And one day she just started crying. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, nobody noticed what I'm doing. I do all the work. And they met everybody else, they giving them a chance. And I I said, well, when it's your time, it'll come. And some and then the actors, that's um, how I said you gotta watch the way you treat people. But she was just very nice to all the actors and made sure they had everything. And they actually was in on it too. They wanted. It was like she she deserved to be, you know. Although they wanted her at the trailer to see get everything they needed, but they wanted to see her prosper.
0: Yeah, because she started off as That's, a set PA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she did, what, like a couple of years mm-hmm. as a set PA mm-hmm. with All-American? You mm-hmm. know, she got in, and then they were able to bring her into the—
2: That same guy that I work with. He said, I'm going to help your daughter. He just saw something in her. He said, I'm just going to help her. And I commend him on that because he, you know, he said she works hard. So with that note, you don't ever know who looking at you when you working. Although it don't seem like people looking at you, you are being looked at.
1: And they also see you when you ain't doing shit. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) when when John was
2: living, when John was living, he took a liking, he was like, Jojo, she really does a good job, you know. And he, I said, well, don't, don't do it because of me. You know, like, but whatever right. he said to her when he was living, that helped. Cause she was taking him to you know, catering and whatever, wherever John wanted to go. At that time, he was, his equilibrium was off a little bit. Sometimes he couldn't see. She would just be like, come on, Uncle John, I got you. You know, without nobody else knowing. What nobody else knew that. Yeah. Nobody know when he was sick. Nobody know that he had already had a, a stroke. Nobody knew that. Well, we did. And she knew, she said, don't worry, my mama. make sure you're okay. And she did that. And you know, whatever he talked to her about. It. She never told me, but he always used to say, write your story. Just, just do it, you know?
0: Well, that's good.
2: That's yeah. good. yeah. Any other? Thoughts? Um, I know you guys were overwhelmed with a lot of the you know, sometimes you, know, you guys come to the hair and makeup trailer and then everything is not ready. And I used to see it in Mr. Spoon's eyes. <laughs> um and also yours. <laughs> um you come and look in there and you go and I'd be like, Okay, Spoon, we got it. Really, you know. So what was to me okay. when you come to the trailer and you guys are expecting something to be done. And uh, maybe it's a hiccups and something goes wrong. And you come in and you see it. So what, what happens then? Because you have to relay that to your people.
1: Well, it all depends. Like, if I'm if I'm kin, I just have to, I just, I relay what you guys tell me. But if I'm the first that I'm sticking my head in, mm-hmm. I just, I, I'll be able to see it. I'll see what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, last year, I remember... Uh, I was pulling into, I can't remember, where, where we're. I think we are out in the projects, and I was pulling into the parking lot, and as soon as I got out of my car, wardrobe grabbed me, and then somebody from hair came out. I, I'm, I'm not sure if you were there just yet. Mm-hmm. And then somebody from makeup came out, and they, they wanted to come and talk to me about, uh, you know, well, you know, we need this amount of time. And, and I'm like, I, I get that. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm not pushing you to force you to do something that's not going to be done. But at the same time, you know, I've got to get this going. So I try, what I try to do is I try to get the most accurate projection. Okay, and I mean, well, I, here's
2: my problem. Um, When we got all these people and you're dropping two people and and you want this many people to do all those people. right. Um, you know. It becomes hard. It becomes hard. Yeah. I, mean, I get you. I understand. And we're trying to make this look come to life with right. this many people. So, you know, I always seen the look in your eyes and his eyes. <laughs>
0: um. Well, I didn't run base camp on Snowfall that often. <laughs> and that also, I think, that was probably season three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I would sometimes, right. like, work a week or a couple of right, days. Here right, right. But I've gotten a lot better at
2: that. No, no, no. But I, I like the look, you know. You do. <laughs> I you like say. the look. Oh, okay. I like when you come in and look and then you go. And then, <laughs> I, make you in, know? And then I go, okay, y'all, we got to get this together. I'm telling my team we got to make it work. You know? Right. Because it's, sort of, sort it's, of, it's just sort of a certain type of look that you guys gave me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh. We gotta get this together. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the time, I, I hear what you're saying. I do do, I do do that. I give that sort of silent little look just to let you know. And I probably picked that up from
2: you,
1: Spoon. Right. It's just sort of oh, like.
2: Well, Spoon's eyes get big. We're, get, we're getting there. Here you go. Yeah. Right, right. Because the other
1: thing is, the other thing is, is to go in there and to hound hair, makeup, and costumes, it doesn't make them, I mean, it doesn't make it go faster. It doesn't make it go faster. Because it's like, If you get them to set and they don't look the way you want them to look, then it's going to take more time because now it's the time of getting them there. Now it's the look and now you're like, oh.
2: But I appreciate you guys because, you know, like when you move on to other shows or movies and stuff and and people are not understanding or whatever, It just like I'm used to working with a group of people that kind of just give you the eye and and you know when you see that look, okay, we got to get this together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Opposed to somebody just picking up and it, they don't have it together. You know, like, you know, right, I don't like right, that. Yeah. Give us a chance. Yeah. You gotta,
1: yeah, and you got you to gotta work as a team. So, and speaking of teams, how do you put your team together? I mean, how, what, what do you look for with the people that you work with or that work? You, you gotta I don't go. say work for you but because cause it's really working with those people.
2: Well, I mean, being in this business for so long and uh, working with different people, you kind of know where people is, um, where their strong strengths are. You know, you know, like I know DC is my to go to barber, but I know Brett is a good barber. Right, right. I know Conrad is a good barber. Oh right? damn, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you look at all three of them, and I want to pick out, I know it's one that I can uh, depend on him.
1: Right.
2: You know. Right. everybody is not going to be the same they're all good, don't get me wrong Yeah, I see good in all of them, but each person have their own technique mm-hmm. and I have to decide, okay, which one do I want to do this with me
1: right,
0: talk about that for a second, because like I know how you said, you know, like Miss Loretta she's got a wealth of knowledge in terms of, especially wigs and, but Within your department, what are those little specialties? Well, where, like you said, there are barbers. There are people who are, for lack of a better term, a wig tech. Right. You know. W-
2: well, we'll see, Miss Loretta. Hands up, hands up. She's a wig specialist. She knows how to set them. She knows how to clean them because after you take them off, a certain type of stuff you know you can't leave that glue on there and let it build up build build up build up because then it's not gonna stick what i hate is when somebody's on camera and you know somebody don't catch it and then you look at the show and you go oh you can see everything i don't want that to happen so you know mr Reddit is good at teaching even when i'm not around and she needs to give a note she might not be as fast because she's, of course, she's, she's, uh, you know, she's a mature woman. So I don't expect that out of her. But I left her in the wig trailer to make sure that she got everything that I needed together. And she did that. So you, you use people for just their skill sets. Because sometimes you think people are a certain way and you hire them and then you have to fire them. So you never know until they get there. But... I have to know something that you've done or some people that you have worked with in order to work with me. Because this is, I take it serious, you know.
1: And you're the department head. Yeah, and
2: yeah. they're gonna look, whatever you do, they're gonna look at you. They're not gonna look at the rest of the people. Right. You know, right. like, there's it been some mess ups, you know, something happened or whatever, somebody mess up. They're gonna say, Andrea. They're not gonna say, oh, well, her team, no. It's always going to be on you. Yeah,
0: and and I think any head of any department, you know, that comes with the territory. From what I've seen, you've always sort of carried your department. I think uh, pretty gracefully. Um, mm-hmm. It's like I always knew you had your team together. Mm-hmm. You guys weren't sort of chaotic, and you guys mm-hmm. always had a good cohesion. There was
2: yeah, um, it's always good to have it like that. Yeah, you can always see when people are happy because they 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 smile and they want to work. You know. And uh, when you have a happy person working, they, I mean, you give them something, they gonna make it look good, you know, cause they working. I see it in all my people, like even with DC, DC is so happy to work. Everything he do to me, um, him, Brett, all of, everybody had their own way, but they're special. They, 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 they see something and they doing it and, they be, and you, you ought to see their face when they cutting, like when they getting serious. I've, cut, I've, I've taken a picture, they be like, <laughs> they be cutting and they serious the face and I'm like, what's going on? They go, no, I just, I'm just into it, dread. This okay? I say, you need a moment. He, yeah, let me let me get this. Yeah. And I like to see that because that's talent. When you see people serious about their work and they want it to look good and they want and they ain't even about the money, you know, they just there because the, this is them. This is their reputation. This is what they do. So I like to see that. Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, with the strike. None of us have been doing the thing that we enjoy doing. What have you been doing to kind of keep it well moving?
2: I've always had different things that I, I mean, I've always been told and taught by my father. Always have two or three things that you do. I used to always ask my father when I was younger now. I mean, you know, we have the Internet, we have social media and everything. My father read three newspapers every day, three different newspapers. And if you talk to him, he don't want to talk. And when he's reading the paper, I go, why do you read three newspapers? It's going to be the same news. He said, no, that's what you don't know. I said, so is it going to be something different in each newspaper? Because I never knew what he was looking for. <laughs> like, he looked at the sports. He loved the sports or whatever. But we have social media. And so I still I have a, my own car business. I'm a car broker. I have my own license. I'm a broker of real estate. And, you know, when one thing doesn't work, you work, you work with something that does work. or you, know, you make it work because you're not gonna let your bills go. If you do, <laughs> you're not gonna have nothing. Yeah. So.
1: Cause bills will, they don't, don't stop.
2: They don't stop. Like I've did a few commercials here and there, but real estate is big, you know, even though the market is terrible still people buying houses. Well,
0: how long have you been doing real estate?
2: 16 years.
0: Okay. And, and the cars, you're selling cars too? Yeah. Right now?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, the car business is, is, you know, a lot of people not selling cars. The they're cars holding on to their cars. They're holding on to their properties, you know. And what I've seen is um, right now we're living in a time where everything is different gas is higher rent no rent control and so then you have to be creative with how you're presenting and selling things it's whatever you do you have to be more creative so you have to get on that social media and and push your business through that Facebook Instagram LinkedIn you have to do that that's how you build and brand yourself
0: that's the new game
2: that's the way you gotta do it. You right. have to brand yourselves in, in a way where, why would somebody choose you to be, you know, their listing agent? And it's like being a listing agent. That's like being a department head, um, because I'm, if they gonna come to me. I've gotten so many calls and, you know, texts and everything, just, I, I just listed it. So I had, uh, I had my own camera people go out. Oh, you you put this
1: little video together. Yeah. Damn, with a a drone? Yeah.
2: Okay. It's, you know, it is nice. 1.5. Yeah, so um, that's what I'm talking about. Branding, you know, not just showing a regular flyer, but you got to do stuff like a little bit more.
1: Right. I've never seen an advertisement with, before a house with a drone. Oh, that yeah. That was kind of cool. Well,
0: Andrea, <laughs> I, I uh-huh. think we've... Uh, We've reached the Abby Singer,
2: mm-hmm. so
0: the Abby's up. Question for you:
2: mm-hmm. Who
0: would you like to hear on the podcast?
2: Uh, John Labou. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Any reason? Particular reason why?
2: Yeah, because I saw him help people. You know, he gives people chances to um, upgrade. Like he's the one who, when jo- JoJo first came, he gave her a shot. I'm not gonna never forget that he's a good guy. You know, I saw him helping people. It's one thing about him; he's gonna help. You know, if you tell him, I say, hey, Labou, I, 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 you know, I'm tired of doing here. I'm trying to be a producer, you know, and um, he'll listen. You know, I think he wants to see people grow. You know, and he's there to help. I've seen him help a lot of people. So yeah, I think I think John Labou, yeah, he'll be he'll be a good person. Right
1: on. And then yeah. uh, the martini's up. So uh, what are you watching TV-wise, movie-wise?
2: Um, So I am going to, I want to see The Equalizer. But I have watched a few things, but they were just regular shows that's been coming on. Like, I don't waste my time on some things, you know. I don't like arguing and fussing, so I, I just want to look at something that's positive. Right, you know? gotcha. So my thing is is that I go on YouTube and I look at people that mentor, and um, they talk about things that how they got to where they were, you know. And um, I think that's where I'm focused at, you know.
1: That's good. I mean, people, maybe, you know, somebody's listening to this, and they're like, oh, okay, well, she's doing this. And, right. You know. Let me do what she's doing to, to get to where yeah, I want to get
2: to. Right. And that's the way you go. Like, you listen to people's stories. Like, I listened to Steve Harvey. You know, Steve Harvey said, hey, I slept in my car. You know, I was yeah, homeless. Two years. He talked about when he first got his first gig and, you know. But he also talked about having a vision board and how he put everything on that vision board. And he said, and everything on that board came to life. And so I got me a vision board. I'm like, hey, I want to do this. It was only maybe a month ago. I said, I want to list me a house now, right now. And uh, two weeks later, I listed a house, you know, in this time where it's hard.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think we got it.
2: All right. We wrap. (laughs) It's a wrap. There you go.
0: So that was Andrea Jackson. Andrea Jackson. Yeah, Miss
1: Time, Miss Jackson. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Thanks for she coming. is for real. She's yeah, she is. <laughs> Thanks for coming on Andrea. Everybody. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us, and uh, we had a great time.
0: Yeah, tell JoJo, said what's up, JoJo. Um, next week we got Corey Pritchett. Corey Pritchett is a special effects master. He is a master of the special effects universe, and um, he's worked on a bunch of movies, a bunch of TV shows. I worked with him first on Shameless. Right. But um, he's worked on a favorite of mine Ghosts of Mars. (laughs) Right. Very good movie. He also worked on Kill Bill. He did the movie The Mist, and um, he worked with both
1: of us. On Snowfall. On Snowfall, yeah. And you know what else he worked on? What? Ali. (laughs) If we keep this up, I would have worked on Ali by
0: the time it's all over. Uh, Anyway, that being said, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, uh, hit the subscribe button, follow us, like us,
1: and keep listening. I'm BC. And I'm Spoon. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.
0: muy fácil